Hello everyone, my name is Ben. And my name is Zane. And this is the Carton Cast, the podcast where we review old cartoons uh, that uh, were, were, were actually new cartoons based on old video games. Yeah, so Oops. we decided to I did the, some... I did the thing that you said that you were about to do in the green room. <laughs> I'm not even sure you could cohesively explain what the plan is here, so I'm going to take no, over. No, I was some real I was some real, you know, 70 minute at the at the at the debate mark there. <laughs> I was really losing it. Uh taxes. So, uh <laughs> tiny windows, my dude. So today uh, we're doing something a little different. We're doing an unshell or uh, something just totally random, where we're gonna remember when uh, we read a dumb Thundercats book. It's like that. It's very similar stupider. to that. Um, so we were thinking about you know various video game adaptations or cartoons that were once something else or becoming video games, uh, and we decided to take a look at some uh, examples that we think could be interesting. So we're each going to come up with a few different video games that we know of or have played or whatever, and say, do we think they should be a cartoon, and what would they look like as a cartoon? Yeah. Um, so a little bit of context for this. Point the first. Uh, we've looked at shows that have been cartoon adaptations of video games before so we do have mm-hmm. kind of a breadth of knowledge of it so we can kind of bring some of Mega Man some of Kirby some of Mario uh, and some of Sonic to to mind for these for these things maybe seeing what you know production company would be well suited to it if any maybe some voice actors but um, for the most part uh, this is this is kind of we're just spinning this flax uh, this gold out of flax um, from scratch point the second uh, I am coming to this uh, this unshelled, fairly unprepared. Um, <laughs> I just took like a, I uh, so I um I, I helped a friend move. Um, I I I had to do some other stuff today. There's a global pandemic raging, and I also took a two hour nap. So yeah, and I'll, also <laughs> I came up with this idea like yesterday. So this is just and very told me about off it today. the cuff. Uh, I yep. barely made a list, <laughs> but I didn't we'll even do that. Well, yep. let's, uh, you, you're you're getting, you have exactly one example of mine to, get, to come up with your own. <laughs> what if I wrote the road? Because it's like a, it's a, it's a, it's a, oh, know, stream of consciousness of a book. That's yeah. the thing. I can never remember that phrase. Stream of consciousness, stream of consciousness. Every day I'm getting better and better. <laughs> you're going on, uh, it's like Ulysses, right? You're going on an odyssey. It's like uh, Odysseus. You're going on a Ulysseal. Ulysseal. Okay. Well, on that note, uh, my first uh, option, and we're also doing this because video game music is generally good, and we can put some in. That sounds great. My first example of a video game I would like to see turned into a cartoon, uh, there have been plenty of Super Mario adaptations, but the most recent game in the series adds a fun wrinkle. So Super Mario Odyssey. Um, ben, I don't believe you've played this. I have not. It's the one where he uh, has a, a hat that's also a, 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 an evil vizier, right? Yes. So the conceit here is it's going to be like Super Mario Super Show, you know, very classic, like, oh, Bowser's done the thing. We got to stop him. But in that show, you know, Mario, oh, he gets the fire flower, right? Or, mm-hmm. oh, you know, he, he gets a cape and can, uh, you know, he can fly around a bit. In this one, he can project himself into another creature's body through the power of possession. 
And I think that's going to okay. add a lot to the dynamic. I can see that being like a... So I'm trying to bring some other games to mind um, that I, I'm familiar with. For some reason, what's coming to mind is a sort of first... Uh, like a third-person like adventure... Uh, like as a, a like an a, like a point and click adventure kind of thing like um like life is strange where mm-hmm. all the puzzles are kind of environmental things that you have to figure out through the use of time magic where this would be environmental puzzles you have to figure out through the use of possession <laughs> well that's kind of what the game is like it does a little bit of that it's a bit you know it's a platformer it's it's hokey as hell but i want to see like a tv show you know classic monster of the week format but Mario's the monster each time. <laughs> oh, so he's a villain. Uh, you know, he's a complex anti-hero, you know, because he, he's all about the greater good. He doesn't care who he hurts on his uh, daring quest. I don't, I don't know if I agree with your, your besmirching of Captain Professional Wrestler Lou Albano's good name. <laughs> who would, would you have Professional Wrestler Lou Albano voice Mario for it? Um, yeah. Uh, because then we get that nice Mario dance uh, back in it again. Oh, swing your arms from side to side. You have no choice. I have poisoned your brain. Yeah. So imagine in an episode, he uh, comes up against like a spider monster and he takes over its mind. And now he's swinging all eight of its legs from side to side. That's pretty good. And then you can do it as like a row, row, row your boat. You can do it as a round. Mm-hmm. With yourself. Swing your arms from side to side. Swing your arms from side to side. Swing your arms from side to side. Do it again. Do it again and again. At, I guess in this form, it's also kind of like an animorphs. Like you've got that nice body horror and like. So you see, you see know. it as a horror game, or like maybe, a sh- a sh- maybe you're seeing it like uh, this. This kind of starting to sound like some Resident Evil stuff. Um. So. I'm not I'm not really envisioning much of a change from the classic, you know, old Mario cartoons. Just the concept you, of it is You're positing him as the villain. Enough. You're I, positing I'm him as the it, villain. I'm adding in a little bit of complexity, you know, because it's the modern era. Our, our heroes aren't necessarily always the good guys. It's Steven Universe, <laughs> Adventure Time kind of deal. Um, but it's still Mario. It's just, you know... He's taking people's bodies over. There's got to be some moral greatness there. <laughs> I don't. I think that if you're gonna go the Mario is doing some moral, morally questionable stuff route, you gotta go. You just gotta go for it. Like I'm seeing mm-hmm. a like murder mystery a la there will be brawl style, like really darkly toned kind of thing where Mario is the villain. Sure. So the cartoon Mario is the villain. Do we see it through Mario's eyes? Uh, yeah, it could be like a Breaking Bad thing where we slowly lose sympathy with him. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. I like that. So it would it would start off with him as a, you know, he let's say, let's he he's got a fight against Bowser. I assume Bowser in this being like a like a like Gus for Breaking Bad. Like he's actually the big man on campus. Mario wants to oust him. Eventually, does oust him, takes his place, and is a worse force than Bowser ever was. Or just, you know, through the the things that he, through the lines that he crosses, he becomes the greater evil. Because he's leaving this whole, like, kingdom full of wreckage and, like, possessed people in his wake. Like, they go back to normal, but do they ever? Huh. I don't love that idea. I, I think the villain thing is weaker than just, like, a monster of the week, and we stop them by, like, possessing them and turning them against each other. Okay, okay, so you still do want him in the hero. Uh, I don't. I I I I like 
I don't know I'm any other sure. characters from Mario Odyssey. Can you give me some more like background details and maybe we can get somewhere? I mean, it, you know, Bowser kidnaps the princess and Mario goes through magical kingdoms to to stop it, but um, Stop me if you heard this before. It's it's played as like haha, very fun. I hopped into this Goomba and now we're walking around stacking Goombas on on themselves. It's not played for horror. I want to I want to posit a different kind of show. Sure. And this is this is going to get like a little bit more characterization for a Mario, but I think you're going to enjoy it. Um it is Mario Odyssey, but he uses the hat on like a cursed mirror of himself. At the same time, Wario uses a cursed hat on this on a version <laughs> of mirror of himself and they freaky Friday swap into each other's universes. <laughs> and it's up to Luigi to tell who's the evil clone and use his ghost machine no, to no, exercise no, 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 them properly. No. I'm just saying Mario is now in WarioWare. And mm. ha- like everybody thinks he's Wario. But like he doesn't have like he he so he's basically oh. we're we're putting him in hit into a into a world where he is his normal good guy facade just doesn't yeah. doesn't really do anything for him so he's got to rise to the occasion yeah this noble naive dopey guy having to deal with the wacky insanity of like constantly changing the rules of the game to win and then he's our Whereas point of Wario, reference then he's our point of reference character and he's trying to fight his way back to take on Wario who now has possession technology yeah I, I like and, that and, and is abusing Mario. Mario's good reputation is is poisoning his good name. Yeah, and they just swap hats, and that that's easy enough. Yeah, that's oh, that would be really easy, like uh, visualization for mm-hmm. for like that would be like you know how in Danny Phantom we talked about how like the the visual indication of what powers he was using was really helpful. Um, yes, that would be kind of the same thing. Is like when Wario is himself, he has the Wario hat, and when he's be- pretending to be Mario, or when he's in Mario's body or something, he's got the Mario hat or something like that. Yeah, and I, I think that works because Mario's not interesting because of he who he is as a character. He's interesting because of the situations he's put into. I think him being in not just like a cartoony danger situation, which is where he lives and breathes, but him being in a wacky land situation could be could be <laughs> it's good. Too far, yeah, yeah, that that could be good. Oh no, we put Mickey into a goofy cartoon. He he just doesn't have the upper body strength to see it through. And check this out: uh, the only person who knows what's up is Waluigi. But he doesn't like he he's the wisecracking sidekick character mm-hmm. to, to to Mario. So Mario yeah. is, is is our point of reference, like grounded down to earth kind of protagonist. And the weird guy, the other guy, the you know, the real the real jughead to his Archie is uh is you know, is is Waluigi. And then we get a everybody's good... everybody's favorite purple boy. Every he's my favorite purple boy. Alright, yeah, I, I like it. Combo Mario Odyssey and WarioWare. Yeah. Not cool. so bad. Ben, do you have a pitch for a game that you want to shift? I tell you, uh, there was a game that was pretty popular for, for a while in the recent kind of retro video games surge that mm. I think could do really well as a cartoon adaptation. Um, I don't know. I don't have a clue how it would look, but I would be excited to find out what they what, what we could do with Shovel Knight. Oh, Shovel Knight. Yeah, because that's got yeah. a nice, colorful cast of characters, lots of cameos. Um, it's, uh, you know, I think that the, 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 the cartoony action quotient would be pretty high. Yeah, and they could each have their own special weapons to, to deal with various, uh, you know, threats and things. I'm seeing uh, it as I like a King Arthur and the Knights of Justice I'm situation. I was gonna say, yeah, except, uh, you know, it's one Shovel Knight against all the other ones. Or like, or maybe, maybe like even, 
maybe even like a Smurfs thing. Like they all just have different like weird little personalities. <laughs> and there is the Enchantress. She's definitely the bad guy. She can be the Rita Repulsa doing the Monster of the Week format thing. And they can all just kind of band together being different brands of goofiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could be that could be good. So what does what does a shovel knight do on his day to day? I feel like he just loves shoveling. Like honestly, like he follows the cult of chivalry, right? So he is definitely a good guy. But I feel like he's one of those like really down to earth, like salt of the earth, homegrown ha- mom and apple pie kind of good boys. He he's almost like a like a Hey Arnold figure where everybody comes to him with their problems and he solves them. You know, by understanding them. So they're like, oh, Plague Knight is cooking up potions and ruining, you know, he's killing off my minions and Shovel Knight has to come in. Oh, come on, guys. In that sort of like Smurfs way or? No, I I see him more as the happy, go lucky, like dopey kind of all loving hero. Um, I think that in his downtime, he like he just like does local community construction projects, you know, like helps dig trenches and wells and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I like him as, as that. I don't think of him as dopey. He always struck me as like brutally competent i think we need um, to discuss who we would be voice acted by in that case yeah like so what would who, the what would be a good read uh you need somebody who can do a good like like grunt as they swing a shovel or like do something like some big manly man noises i, I don't want like patrick warburton but i want a type like that yeah yeah it, i think like 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 a bit younger i think something with like a little bit more like honey in his voice than a patrick warburton like a little like a little bit more sugary and kind like mm-hmm. a greetings gentlemen something like booming but charismatic like some, I, some I, I think even more energy. salt of the earth like uh like something something in the good dad vein good dad vein could be good okay. like uh who who played um who played the dad from the incredibles oh i don't know shoot yeah something in that vein because uh, i like the idea of shovel knight like he's just doing construction but sometimes you gotta you gotta clear out some skeletons here and there or something. Who is the? Uh... I'm, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of uh, voice actors, and it's 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 not coming easily. Hmm. But uh, I think that Plague Knight is probably Maurice Lamarche. Yeah, yeah, just kind of like the goofy sidekick thing who's always trying to like cut corners and he's a little he grumbles a little or maybe actually, you know, either Pinky or the Brain. It could also be a Rob Paulson. <laughs> I could see Rob Paulson Plague Knight being kind of a bouncing off the wa- bouncing off the walls sort of a uh... oh, like a Mark Hamill type, like a <laughs> yes, actually, like a, a pretty close to Mark <laughs> Hamill type, but like just like and, and that's how like the go go dodo of uh, yeah, of yeah. the show of the show show yeah. Like the booming knight being more like the king king knight, uh, booming voice. Yeah, like the booming. Or ooh, could could we do like a who who was the guy who played uh, King DDD in in? A, oh, got a clap of that there Kirby. Yeah, if we can lose the southern accent, I think we got ourselves a shovel knight. Yeah. So what do they what do they do this uh, this gang of knuckleheads? Well, we have to kind of keep to the tone of the of the source material where it's. Silly for silliness's sake, clearly there would never be a king knight. You know, clearly they, like shovel, the idea of a shovel knight is silly and ridiculous. But mm-hmm. we, we have to keep it in line with that tone of we're, we're just running with it. We're not acknowledging like the ecology of our world at all. Um, so like the Dungeons and Dragons TV show, um, kind of in that world, every or, or like the King Arthur and the Knights of Justice, we're 
people, here are the mantles we have been given. We're trying to live up to the roles. I kind of see it almost like a Metalocalypse situation where they all live. Oh. <laughs> they all live in one castle. They each have like their own environmental, like like uh, like a elemental affinity to room that suits them. Because that's mm-hmm. a lot of the character is in like that, that's a lot of the character of the games is the setting is the setting of each particular night fits them so well. So, like, the propeller knight would have, like, the, you know, like, would be up on the parapets just, like, with a bunch of hammocks and stuff. There, you know, you'd have a mole knight would be, would have the basement. Um, You're making it sound almost a, like a harem anime. In a huge, in a huge <laughs> like, a, like a bro let's make out it a, No, let's make it a harem anime. Like, <laughs> like why not? Yeah, who's, who's going to be your best knight, bro? <laughs> yeah, it, that's exactly it. Like, let's just make the harem anime without women. Or like, um, it's almost like the real world or one of the, like, Big Brother, like, we all have to live together in the same apartment. <laughs> uh, yeah, something like that. Like, I, I think it would be good as, like, a, uh, as a, almost like a drawn-together style, like, faux yeah. reality TV show. I don't hate the idea of a harem anime, either, where there is, like, a loose <laughs> kind of villain plot to keep track of, because we do have the villain character. But, like, what? I like the idea that they're just interacting with each other and having their... Because they're the most interesting part of the game. I just want to if... see Polar Knight and King Knight express their different philosophies for governance. What if um, the the conceit is they all have to live together for whatever reason? Because, like, if they start breaking apart and going off their separate ways, they're going to cause chaos on the countryside. And Shovel Knight is the one trying to resolve their issues and keep them together. Oh, he's the dead mother? Yes. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds <laughs> really good. Like, you know, go to them and like, no, he didn't mean that, you know, or like, oh, just kind of nudge maybe, those two together. Maybe if you picked up your, maybe if you picked up your toys more often, this stuff wouldn't happen, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, like a Muppet Babies? Maybe not that far. I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm tossing out ideas. I think it, mm-hmm. I think the idea of Shovel Knight as Den Mother is funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what do we call this? Like, uh, Shovel Knight, Knights in Spades, uh, Under the Hearth. I don't know where these titles are oh, coming from. Shovel Knight Campfire. I don't know. I was just thinking like Knights and Friends. Oh, yeah. Knights and Friends. <laughs> Knights and Friends. Yeah. It, it's like I think a, a wholesome, you know, just uh, just just Shovel gimmicky kind of sit, sitcom without much of a driving plot could be fun. Like, I, yeah. I don't hate the idea of a harem-less harem show. <laughs> I think that that would be very funny. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking of. I like it. Yeah. Uh, what kind of theme song do we have opening that? Is it like it's got to be like a, a pretty wholesome, uh, kind of uh, kind of thing, right? Yeah. Well, I imagine like the like the main shovel knight theme, and then it slowly gets like a bit more orchestrated instead of MIDI, and then you get like some nonsense lines about like living together hanging around yeah something like that like i'm thinking starts with like shovel knight music but then starts to turn into the um the theme from uh Rurouni kenshin oh sure like where it starts with like <laughs> and then it's like <laughs> it gets all bouncy. and carrying it out <laughs> something like that yeah all right because that plays that i think that i think that format plays to the game's strengths which is all of the knights like their yeah, character the di- is the best part about it yeah living living with a character archetype piece mm-hmm. yeah yeah yep just a bunch of character archetypes put them into place pay them too little don't <laughs> hit random <create>. yeah <laughs> just like let the cameras roll all right today's episode is going to be about uh pick two pick two <laughs> wave night <laughs> and <laughs> it wasn't wave night it was treasure night
Treasure Knight. God, I can't. His name was Treasure Knight. <laughs> he liked treasure. Mm. Okay. Uh, the next one that I have is um, this one's going to be uh, definitely more of the darker, more long plot line type. Um, so do you remember Star Wars The Clone Wars, how there were a lot of factions to keep track of and people with incredible abilities? Mm-hmm. Indeed I um, do. A series that also had those and uh, I think had a good enough plot to merit this would be StarCraft. Ooh, StarCraft. Yeah, oh, that's, so you a, have... that's an HBO series waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah, you you have the Terrans, you have the Zerg, you have the Protoss, um, and you follow them every couple episodes. You get a new kind of unit. You're like, oh, what's this guy going to do? Oh, he's got a flamethrower. That's sick. This is kind of... Uh, okay, so like, the you know, the, the, the ground for um, sci-fi, you know, drama in space is during a war is pretty well trod you know yeah there's like um i'm thinking specifically of battlestar galactica mm-hmm. as a as a place for for that so are you seeing it more like a different look through each of the factions i guess the orville for a more recent example um or or just straight up star trek like is this kind of like a the three factions sometimes greet each other and sometimes because like with star trek and the orville it's just everyone's a terran and then they go and visit zergs and protoss at question mark that wouldn't work for something like this it wouldn't work because there's only there's only three three factions so i'm thinking maybe it's closer to a battlestar galactica where it's just a war campaign as seen through the eyes of mostly terrans but there's a couple zergs and a couple protosses you're looking in on yeah well you start you look in on all of them to understand their different motivations and what they're working towards. Same as you do in the in the games, actually, which you know I always thought was a pretty effective way to to do it. And yeah, it's great. Spread things around. Um, but then you do have characters like Jim Raynor or Kerrigan, people who go kind of across the sides, or uh, you know, uh, Zeratul, people who just like switch sides, and then eventually, like at the end of the first season or something, you've got this like weird cohort of like six people who have all left their various fights and now you have a really interesting cross-cutting group of people to follow i don't like the idea that they all group up i think i like it better as a drama like a like a war of the three kingdoms style drama where Mm -hmm. we're not really focused on the individual the individuals matter of course but the broader story is about these three cultures clashing yeah Um, yeah so i think that that is like maybe where it I'm thinking of honestly. I'm thinking of it like a Game of Thrones, sure. Um, where, where where it's more interesting to th- think about the factions. W- what we need is a driving force for them all to be in conflict, unless it's just like a perpetual war kind of thing, and then it serves then then that's his own motivation. That, but, that's a that's a little. I mean, you can definitely see like, oh, they killed our guys, so now we're getting like that. You're gonna see all the time. I think what drives this compared to a Game of Thrones is the arms race, uh, because in that game, like in the main campaigns, that's how you learn all your different unit types. So every mission, you get a new type of unit. It's it's constant escalation. It's like, oh, this is the thing that's going to give us the edge. This could change uh, the war, and that makes it a very that makes it a very compelling and bingeable show to watch. I could. So see I'm that. seeing this definitely as like an HBO or like a Netflix original kind of thing. I think I like that. Um, I like also the idea. That, you know, the Zerg come across, I, I, I'm assuming they, you know, subversion's all well and good, but I think it'd be hard to not cast the Zerg as the quote-unquote obvious villain of the piece. 
Yeah, um, that, that's traditionally the, how it's the, done. the Lannisters, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like yes, there are good people on it, and there's people you want to follow and are interested in. But the point, like, they're the most vicious shits of the lot. I also like the idea of what you can do with the genre conventions because they, like, the first three episodes, you could follow each of the different factions, and Protoss could be like this enhanced political intrigue type of thing. You switch to the Terrans, and it's like a Firefly. Like us, good old boys, we gotta we gotta hold them off with the past this for the next half hour of TV mm-hmm. until the commercial break. And then the Zerg, it's like a like a horror thing. Like you see it from the Terrans' perspective, but the Zerg are clearly the 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 force, the focus of it. Yeah, you could totally shift genre with each episode. It would not mm-hmm. be hard. I mean, yeah. Terrans versus Zerg is just Starship Troopers, honestly. Starship Troopers, or like the Thing, or like War of the Worlds. More than any anything. Any any <laughs> yes, any sci-fi. <laughs> Go look at sci-fi. Go. Have you seen the sci-fi? I, I like this. I like this notion. Um, what I'm wondering now <laughs> is like how you would animate it. Yeah. So like, th- if if the idea is that it's like we're we are building up these sides, each episode kind of fi- focuses on a different part of the war effort. And, like, kind of this escalation. Like, I'm assuming that everything starts out in episode one with um, the sides are precariously balanced. Mm. Like, there there are talks of peace between the races, and then something fucks it up. There is, like, yeah. uh, like, a, like a political... There's an, incident. there's an incident. Yes, there's an international incident, and things start popping off. We're not hosting an intergalactic kegger. Exactly. It's the Zed paradox. <laughs> So I, I think in terms of the think, animation. I'm sorry, I have to ask this. Do you think Zed ever did host an intergalactic <laughs> kegger? Do you think that's like, why he brings it up? That wouldn't be a term if it had never happened before. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> right? thought about this. Like he got it. It's like Listen, how uh, I know intergalactic keggers. <laughs> it, it's All like at in, your boy Z. It's like in holes. He's like, you know, we ain't running in girl. This ain't the Girl Scouts. <laughs> you know, this ain't a country club. <laughs> yeah, we're not in. Like, I, just, uh, I guess I want to see the Zed the younger years. <laughs> Zed would be in this movie. Why? Why not? Why wouldn't he be uh, in here? But uh, yeah, okay. So like, getting back to my point, it, the animation. I yes. think you want the three sides to like be animated as distinctly as possible while still having it cohesive enough to work. You know how like um, I think this is a moment for CGI. Well, yeah, th- there there were cartoon crossovers in like Nickelodeon and in Disney and stuff where like clearly the animation styles were different but they made it work i think we need something it's like if we're going to portray the zerg in all its glorious like uh like goo i think we need cgi to make it happen either that or like do the uh do it on black paper the way they did um batman the animated series and then like green is your main color but yeah like i I have a hard time seeing that as anything other than just like a episode of young justice which yeah. is fine because okay. it looks good. Okay, so Terran's done in the style of like a Young Justice, or or maybe a, a bit more, uh, you know, harsh than that. And then the Zerg are like CGI, like this thing should not be pulsating. Yeah, on Basic- this final level. <laughs> Basically, we're talking about that one episode uh, of Death, Love, and Robots, mm-hmm. where uh, the three cowboys uh, guard their ranch from a Zerg invasion. Zane, check it out if you haven't. It's awesome. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. And now the Protoss, you know, that sort they sort of blur the line. So maybe like in their machines, they have that Terran sort of hand-drawn, but then the they as aliens themselves are still CGI, but just less detailed. 
or like rotoscoped. They would be rotoscoped, right? This would be this. I think that the idea you're touching on something that it sounds very cool. Like the idea of getting each of the races of StarCraft animated in a separate way is an excellent idea. Like in how Wreck It Ralph, they cut frames of animation out for the older characters. Yeah. That's a really great idea. The the thing I always that I'm clicking to as the Protoss is in like uh, a scanner darkly the suits like the the, mes- the scramble the suits, suits. That, the scramble suits yeah uh, that sort of aesthetic at least in their armor I'm not sure what would work for them I'm not convinced that would but I think that it maybe could be it it would have to be something that is like better than 2D but not like CGI mm-hmm. kind of craziness I like I think it's got to be something I'm not sure what it would be. Uh, unfortunately, I don't remember enough about the plot to muse as to who, like, the protagonists would be. I mean, it's just um, like the, you know, you, you make up your main characters. Like, you yeah. definitely have your Tassadar. You definitely got your... Tassadar, that was the name I was thinking yeah. of. Ta- you got, yeah. You got your Tassadar as... Like, I think Raynor is obviously your point of reference character in the Terrans. Yeah. Like, he, he's, okay, so he's a boy who cares about his men. We got to figure out who plays Raynor, at least, right? Yeah, I think... <laughs> Um, Chris Evans is, is the, Chris Evans is a little bit too gigali for Rainer. I think we got to have some some real you could, someone you with could some do real Nathan Fillion. Someone with some real stubble to him. Nathan Fillion has done a good like uh, Green Lantern in the animated series. Oh yeah, uh, of yeah of DC and a couple other roles or something like a Jim Cummings could probably do a good job on that. Hmm. I don't hate Nathan Fillion, but it is a little bit typecast. I think I, I would I would rather I would rather give my let me let me think for a second something see if a, I can, a little twenty percent gruffer twenty percent gruffer than a than a Fillion yeah who who did who's the guy that did Duke Nukem if we could keep him from swearing and uh, you know saying slurs and stuff maybe yeah, yeah that, no 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 thanks um, oh does he still have work <laughs> I do like the idea of like someone. Like uh, I think that um, who was uh who is Babs Bunny? Uh, and um, Trust McNeil. Trust McNeil. I think that she should That's be Kerrigan. Kerrigan. That's yes. got to be Kerrigan because Absolutely. she she has the range that is necessary mm-hmm. for it. Because she... you need to be possessed by three different aliens. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, <laughs> exactly. She's got the range for it. Mm-hmm. Although I think in terms of like who would sign up for that gig, Great Delisle is probably more likely to jump at the I chance wouldn't tur- i wouldn't turn up my nose at that i just trust mcneil is born for that role <laughs> uh any other thoughts on this no i think it's a good good and cool idea my dude oh thank you yeah all right i got one mm-hmm. so i've been playing it a lot recently it's been my you know background game of choice for a little bit while i'm doing something else just because it's a little bit mindless but still uh and it's it's a it's a roguelike that i that i really appreciate slay the spire Hmm. Now, what I'm thinking here is a good old-fashioned, straight-up, balls-to-the-wall anime tournament arc. <laughs> kind of yeah. like a god Climb of high school. Climb that tower, baby. Climb the tower. Like, I think you could do a lot more to build out the lore. There's clearly whisperings of a deeper lore for Slay the Spire. There's that character, Neo, who, like, is your, like, deity who, like, marks your progress as you go through. There's that creepy merchant that I love. Um, and then you've got the four main characters, the Ironclad, the Defect, the Silent, and the and the Watcher. And, you know, they, they all have very different, very iconic fighting styles that, as, as befits the game. I think a game in which you maybe rounded that out to many more characters, but, like, have them as the... They would be your Yu Yu Hakusho group. Yeah. 
Do you see them working on the same team or as like rivals? Grudgingly. They Grudging, see it. Yeah, oh, oh, this this next floor of the tournament is a 2 on 2. I need to partner with somebody. I'm seeing them in the middle of a crowd of monsters. Like back to <laughs> and back. They're like back okay, to back. Well, all well, right, clearly we'll, this, we'll settle this later. Clearly, we have to deal with this. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Um, I do, you know, because the plot there is so much in the background and is understated. I think that is uh, could be an asset. Like you could have characters say things, and like some dedicated YouTuber is going to have an like an hour long explainer on the lore. Oh of yeah, each somebody's season. gonna gravity falls this thing up. But you're not going to understand it. You're just going to be watching the animation. But, like, there, there are so many different monsters that they created for it. You could definitely build that out just to, in order. To, like, you, you're going to have a crowd of monsters. You're also going to have the specific boss fights that are, like, that is, if, if you're going to advance to the next floor. And I'm really only thinking of this in a uh, in a tournament arc kind of anime. Mm-hmm. Bat- this is a battle anime is what I'm envisioning. The the interesting, like, the unique aspect of Slay the Spire is, you know, it, it's the turn-based deck-building roguelike card game, is that you, you as the player always know what the enemy is going to do next turn. That's, I mean, that's perfect for shonen anime as of the past 20 years, where it's so much in the mind games. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's how it's going to be. It's, it's like those sl- slowed-down scenes in Sherlock Holmes, but with, like, grotesque beings. Yeah, or, or like, you know, it... Part of my favorite thing about battle anime is that, like, the cool parts of the battle are not the, um, are not really the action, although the action helps. It's the, you know, I, I'm running the numbers, he's doing the same thing, I've count, I've figured out how to counter his first move, I assume he has a second one, and I don't know how he'll counter this, and then, like, kind of run it through, and then at the end, you re- reveal some minor detail of the situation that our protagonist can capitalize on, and bing, bam, boom, we're done. Now, here's a wrinkle. Mm. Add back in the cards. How, they how? gotta run around the arena gathering cards for their deck that enhances their abilities, turning it into sort of like a Yu-Gi-Oh to give them the like leverage to like have all that thinky explainy stuff. Because otherwise, it's just like, well, if I stab him, he's he's gonna go, and I, I'm gonna stab him. <laughs> it's gonna I, be great. I, I I appreciate your your I appreciate your spark. I uh, and I hate to like uh, shit on your ideas immediately, but I think that it actually would be just fine as like uh, Ironclad is just you can just make him a cool. He's just a Kuwabara. That's fine. Yeah, you know, like I, I've never really hurt for like Kuwabara can be clever without being smart, mm-hmm. and I I think that doesn't require like the idea that cards would help you justify the mind games. I don't think is a logical necessity. Okay. Battle anime already do that. So, like, I think the characters are iconic enough and their fighting styles are so well put together that we could have a battle anime without too much trouble. I think the biggest trouble would be building out the world because it is an indie game. It's not, like, a huge world to it. It's got whisperings of a deeper plot that you could eventually expand upon, but we would have to make more up. We'd have There's to make a reason... A, yeah, go ahead. There's a reason that anime don't have two battle tournaments in a row. Like, you, you're only going to get one season out of this before you have to pivot. Right, and if the battle, so the, the the tournament has to hold weight, like Ironclad comes in, he's fighting someone from his past. Gotta make a past. If we don't have him fighting someone from his past, it's just a dumb monster that you beat up. That's not that cool. Like, we, mm-hmm. you have to put emotional weight into the actual tournament arc, or you're not really doing anything. So I, we need to make their backstories. 
We need to talk about how they got to the spire. Maybe we do it in a like lost esque. We none of us know how we got here. We just mm-hmm. get vague flashes of the lives we used to lead. But the, that the, that can drive <laughs> that can drive the the emotional content of the fight. The thing that I like about it is it follows the classic like you know Mario Sonic Kirby uh, trope of the show has a plot and characters and interesting and like progression and all that. And it makes you want to play the game. And then you play the game. And you're like, okay, the assets are here. <laughs> yeah. The assets are there. The, all the pieces are there. <laughs> but what, what is this that I'm playing? Yeah. Mario's jumping on blocks. He did that in the show. But aside from that, where are we? <laughs> exactly. And, and just like Mario can be interpreted as either a platformer or an RPG, um, a slay the spire can be interpreted as a card game or as, you know, a hack and slash or, or a beat em up. But mm-hmm. uh, if we are going to make it into a tournament arc, and I, I really want to stress this point, we need to have emotional content to the fights. What are the backstories for each of the four main characters? Um, the Watcher has like those two different modes, tranquility and uh, wrath. So like this is a monk with anger issues. That's really prime territory for like, I came from a monastery to calm my wild side, but it it Ooh, didn't yeah. it didn't ever quite work. You know, you get kind of a Hulk story there, which is cool. Hmm. Um and you can do that for each one of the characters. Do we is it mostly like a retrospective and then the battle, or are they progressing as characters through the through the arc? I think you can do both. Like they yeah. they're each bringing their different histories to the task. Um, but they, they, they gain a respect for each other as they move forward through this uh through this process. I think it would be a difficult thing to pull off, but it could be really good. Yeah. Uh, I just, we we hadn't said battle anime yet, and I wanted one. Yeah, that's the trick. A lot of video games that would be good shows end up being animes. Uh, I didn't put any of the Tales games on this list. That's just (laughs) demographic. That's just because that's where they come from. Yeah. The the video games come from Japan, so. (laughs) That's a good point. But I think for Slay the Spire, which I don't think was created in Japan... Go back, go right back to Japan for an anime. <laughs> Give me a battle anime. That's all I want. Well, I have another one. Um, okay. Speaking of, this one's not from Japan, but it does have to do with mind games. Okay. So this is going to be Psychonauts, um, which is an okay game, uh, but it is a very interesting world with a lot of things that you could do in a cartoon. It, like... It's kind of a cartoon itself. Like, it's got a plenty of cutscenes in that, like, classy Cusipo lumpy style. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea is uh, Raz, the main character, is like this um, psychic agent who goes into people's minds and their psyches and tries to help them out. Um, and, you know, seeing how people's minds create worlds is a really engaging and interesting idea. And the cutscenes are all very cool in that game. But it's like an early 3D platformer with janky controls, the the game is the thing holding it back. <laughs> I've never played Psychonauts or seen it, so I don't have much to contribute here, but what you are describing with like a person's mind making a world sounds an awful lot like Persona. Uh, I haven't played or watched uh, any Persona. In Persona 5, which is the one that I had played because my roommate had it for a while, uh, before we both decided that it was a terrible game, was that you, for some reason, were able to incept people's dreams. And, like, what you would do is, like, there is a bad guy in the real world. Maybe he cheats on his taxes. Maybe he's having, uh, 
Maybe he's civil affairs. Yeah, like maybe maybe, he, maybe he is enabling white supremacists. It's, you know, it this could, could be, be anyone. This could be anybody. <laughs> who knows who we're talking about? But what you do is you go into their mindscape. Like this is how they see the world. So like the guy who is like the uh, the gym teacher in school and is really irritated by um, kids who flaunt the rules or something. And I know I'm not getting the exact plot points right, but he basically sees the gym. He sees the school as his castle. Sure. Um, and so his level is you go through a big castle with like a bunch of like gym attire, kind of like a bunch of like basketball player like statues and stuff. Like I, I'm, I'm messing yeah. up all the details. No, that, that, that's exactly what I'm talking about, that, that kind it. of thing. And the idea there is that you have to defeat the boss that represents him in order to make him change his mind. So now, was it's the like problem therapy. with that game the game part of it as well? Yes. Great. So, yeah. so this this idea is hard to play through, but, but it's but great to watch. You are talking about there is a person with a problem of some sort. I'm going into their mindscape and figuring out the kind of like what they did in Dominic Deegan, almost like he would go yeah. into people's dreams and being like, "Oh, this person is broken. Here's a visual metaphor that that shows me exactly how they are broken. I'm going to help piece them back together from the psychoplanes." Yeah, you you'd have to tread lightly so as not to be you know offensive toward people with mental issues, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that it we is, have to start dealing with that source material if we're going to be kind to if we're not going to you know marginalize the people further. Mm-hmm. But it is like endlessly iterative. Like there are any number of analogies that people use for the way that their minds work, um, and you can have a monster of the week thing, and you can build up villains who are like messing people up in a similar way and leaving their calling cards um the game itself like psychonauts has a lot of like hokey like pun language so like people have mental baggage laying around in their heads and it's like luggage that you need to find the padlock like the key to the padlock let me let me let me flow you an idea here um what I'm seeing this as is kind of like a case closed sort of situation where like Ooh. there is sort of a mystery going on in like what exactly is driving this person? What is weighing them down? And mm-hmm. in the process of uncovering it, you reveal that there is somebody who desperately doesn't want to be found out. But in this case, that person is part of their mental issues. Like so mm-hmm. like let's say this person is struggling with depression or anxiety. Part of their brain doesn't want that to change i'm thinking of celeste which is a phenomenal game and actually you know lined up correctly with like a lot of the issues that i was going through in (laughs) therapy which is awesome but the idea behind it is that um there's this person who has a lot of anxiety issues but the anxiety part of them is also the proactive logical part of them so, mm-hmm. like, they're the part that's telling him, no, you shouldn't do this. No, this is a bad idea. No, you're not good enough. That's also the part that tries to keep, that tries to protect them from obvious danger. Right. So, when you go into people's minds and try to save them from themselves, they fight back. Yes. Uh, there's there's going to be, um, in the game, it's, it's like censors. It's like guys who follow you around with a stamp trying to label you that you shouldn't be there. They're literally trying to... Uh, keep your information secret so as not to hurt the brain <laughs> i'm trying to figure out how this would operate in a cartoon because there I, you're going to have that moment where like you figured everything out Raz figures everything out that's going on with this person oh their depression was like related to their deep-seated uh fear of insecurity because of the uh, you know sibling rivalry issues and like the fact that you know like th- figure out all the connections that is driving them 
and then you have the confrontation. How does that confrontation articulate? I, I think you were right on it, talking about case closed. Like, oh, I need to bring the relevant parts of their psyche together and then produce incontrovertible evidence about the problem so that they can't ignore it. I'm, I'm thinking like it's like a Phoenix Wright almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you pick out all the contradictions and like present them in a way such that the uh, the part the 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 the, the wrongdoer recognize it. but the, it's not the wrongdoer. It like this could be a really good like um this would be very wholesome. There's no mm-hmm. villain. It's yeah, just yeah, yeah. like a part of yourself that you that is that is causing you pain and you you're you're just therapying them you're just therapying yeah this is the absolutely a show that has like a phone number at the bottom of the screen after each episode like if you suffer from this you know yeah this this could be really uh this could be really nice really wholesome and plus the main character is voiced by uh richard stephen horvitz so like he's already there <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, he's, well there you go he's not going anywhere <laughs> i didn't realize it was daggett that's amazing yeah isn't that who you want solving all your problems ben of course it is <laughs> He's he's the the conquering lord of the Urkin Empire. Why wouldn't I want that? Um, what I'm uh, what I'm now wondering. Now you're thinking about Phoenix, right? Now I'm thinking. About, uh, frankly, I am thinking about Phoenix right now, which is which yeah. Is I mean, just try and stop. Yeah, just try <laughs> like, to stop me. It's not going to work. Well, I guess I just uh, it it's starting to sound like this is almost edutainment, like a cells at work style. Here is an issue that people go through. I'm going to unravel it. Is is that the age group you're talking at, or is it slightly if, older? You know, if we're going to keep with the classic Cusipo animation, that does seem like it. Um, but I, I don't know. I feel like you could get away with... Uh, Having it a I, Hey Arnold. Think... Uh, hey, hey Arnold um, is is like that kind of quirky but still has a moral center to it kind of thing that I think would be the right age group. Yeah, mature for children. Mature for children. I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like... You know, kids can access it on the whatever level they're at. Like they could take it as just a literal, oh, this guy's brain is full of hurdles, and he can't possibly clear all of them. Like, I well, think, we gotta get. You know, yeah, I've been on, thinking on a, meta- a lot about metaphorical or literal level. You could make it work. I'm a big proponent of uh, expressing my own mental uh, kind of struggles in the in the therapy scape kind of sense of things because i think it's important to talk about them to normalize the entire thing and in recent months when i've been you know going through some some more anxiety stuff than normal um you know because the surrounding circumstances i'm noticing more and more now the times in my life when i have seen that normalized and how important it was to me so how powerful would it be is if you had a cartoon that was telling you that you should not hate yourself for having these emotional issues you should forgive Mm -hmm. yourself you should love yourself and you should help you should you know ask for help yeah how powerful would that be i will say i don't think the guys at double fine should be the ones heading that procedure (laughs) (laughs) no i'm not sure who should be the ones doing it what i'm wondering is you also have to i don't think a supo would be terrible honestly like i'm I'm thinking of a wild thornberries like presentation of the whole thing and they're wholesome enough and they have enough of a of they have enough heart that i think that they could do a good job if they had enough talent working for them what i'm what i'm wondering most though is if we are doing the edutainment peddling it to kids trying to be a wholesome product we do need entertainment value where does that come from oh all of the world so like uh in the game you go into a bunch of different characters minds so like uh, you go into a, a secret agent's mind, and it's like this big mystery box, like cube, and you have and you like have to unsort and unspool things bit by bit. Whereas there's a milkman who's t- 
totally gone off the deep end and is full of conspiracies and his brain's all warped and like folded in on itself with and like everyone living inside of it is a like a person wearing a mask and then there's another guy who like is thinking very logically and uh, uh critically about his entire life uh and his mind is like a board game I like it. Yeah, this actually does sound a lot like Persona Five, honestly, um, in in those Maybe. ways. But again, we want a we want a good show. In, uh, internet, if you have any hate mail, send it right to Ben. <laughs> Persona Five's a bad game. It's a bad game for dumb people. Um, <laughs> right? Yes, you specifically. Yeah, yeah, you, you, the person listening to this. <laughs> All right, so um, you know, like we've been doing a lot of like kind of kidsy stuff or like um pretty well plotted things uh i kind of want something with a little bit more of an open world feel so let's talk about doing fallout cool so i haven't played fallout uh, but you're familiar with the property something something the end of the world something give me a gun that's the basic idea you have most of it uh basically <laughs> there was going to be a nuclear holocaust back in the 50s so the um people went underground into these uh into these vaults where they, you know, they lived out several generations. The the fifties, you know, the fifties aesthetic percolated, so everybody's still wearing like greaser jackets. Tunnel snakes rule that whole thing, um, and they, uh, you know, they they come back on top to find a world changed. It is the post-apocalypse. There are many places on the, in the world that are irradiated, uh, and where they are not irradiated, there's pockets of humanity, but also mutants and uh, various animals that have started taking over the world that they once had uh the one the world that where they were once on top and there's like a lot of ruined buildings that have just either squatters have taken up or they're just completely abandoned that kind of speak of a history that that the person who came out of the vault is several generations later so they don't know this history other Mm. than through like weird history book stuff so they're they're entering a world that is basically an entire a time capsule that's the plot of fallout in a nutshell Okay, so it kind of sounds like uh, like The Walking Dead, but in the but future. with a time skip, yes. Yeah, a time skip, more or less. Okay, and that that's sort of how I'm envisioning it. Is like we're going to follow point of view character, like a single kind of point of view badass John Wayne type, who is just kind of walking the earth, or like a Samurai Jack. Honestly, I feel like that would be a good template for something like this. I, I like the idea of you know following our main protagonist as they go you know, through the wasteland and, and encounter a struggle and have to deal with something or, like, encounter a lost relic that will help them. But then we also intersperse it with, like, jump back in time, see how that relic got where it is, and it, it's important to somebody in the past, and we see it, like, eventually become useful. Yeah. Like, it kind of got that that feel-good, like, oh, you know, the... You know, using Granddad's watch, this feels good. Yeah, I, I, I think I accidentally invented Samurai Jack. That's my bad. Because, like, that's exactly what I want from this, is, like, a single person who is, you know, exploring a wide, crazy, post-apocalyptic world. In, in Fallout, you have robot companions, but they're, like, also murder droids because security is an issue. So, like, they're, like, they've got butler voices and offer you your, you know, slippers and paper, but also are affixed with, like, rifles and incendiary grenades and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you've got that sort of dark humor aspect of it. And that's where, like, and that's why I think that if this is going to be made, if we were making Fallout, we need it to be Gendy Tartakovsky. Yeah, or or you could do it as the, like, really lean into the humor and the absurdity of the situation and make it, like, an adult swim 
you know, kind of kind of situation. Like, oh, them them's the breaks. <laughs> I think I think that I like the Samurai Jack balance more serious for this, where it's mostly it. yeah, because like it is a serious thing. Like Samurai Jack wanted to go to the past to fix the mistakes. Yes. Fallout, the Vault Dweller wants to go out to try to somehow save humanity from both itself and from the mistakes that the past has made. And on the way, you know, encounter a colorful cast of characters, all of whom are. Different finding, yeah, who are interacting with the um, with the post apocalypse and, and reacting to it in different ways. I want to understand a bit better about like what they want. Like, what are they looking for? You said like we're trying to look for a solution to humanity's mistakes. Like that feels a little. It's a little vague. Let me let me try a little harder here. So like the idea is that the world is irradiated because we fucked up the Cold War. Um, so um, at least in Fallout Three, the plot is trying to find. Um, a way to basically re-terraform the world and get rid of all the the radiation zones mm-hmm. because it's like a hel- blasted hellscape. There are pockets of life and, you know, uh, resources, but they're pretty few and far between. So the idea is like a... If, if you are going to try to cultivate a society, you need to do it in a way that doesn't, you know, that doesn't tear itself down. Um, and that's easy to do because there are marauding mutants. They're gigantic monsters that are not easy to kill and they, they're sort of top predator there the sewers are 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 you know the sewers run over with a bunch of irradiated like super cockroaches there are even other humans who are slavers because there are no more laws so slavery is back on the table yeah so that there's like a lot of different ways to kind of do minor acts of good in pursuit of a larger more grandiose act of good and i just made samurai jack again yeah, That's yeah, it all seems it a lot like Samurai Jack. Okay, so how do we? This this sounds like a good show because it sounds like a good idea. Because it um, sounds like Samurai Jack. <laughs> how how do we turn it into a cartoon? Because it does feel very much more of like the personal like uh, live action type of thing. It, well, that's why I brought Samurai Jack to mind. I think that we do want Yandy Tartakovsky animating it. He's got that lonely touch, and this has to be a lonely world. Um, we also. You know, I, I think that the way you would want to animate it is to be very heavy on, like, uh, again, with the with the Gandhi Tartakovsky touches, you want to be heavy on stillness and silence. Yeah, wide shots, uh, you know, overlay what once was with what is. Yeah, there's a lot of fun things you could do there. Um, and, you know, you would have brief, ba- like, uh, like clashes of action. I almost want, like, the, the action scenes to be punched up a little bit from... Like the generic act, like the generic sure. animation from the surrounding bits, because I really want to sell the idea that this is long stretches of boredom and malaise punctuated by brief moments of terror. Yeah, I, I kind of like that as well. Um, and you know, rather than searching for a specific like I got to find the time travel thing, it's like we're finding the ways that people have found to live and thrive. Let's keep going until we have enough to kind of rebuild what what we want. You're, you're almost like an archaeologist trying to like restore the. You're trying to like uncover the secrets of the past to try to you know kind of uh, it it almost be like the oh, foundation yeah, like, trilogy. Oh, the, the, these people almost didn't completely die. How do we do what they did, but just a little better? Yeah, exactly, almost exactly. And and there's you know because it's the '50s aesthetic, um, there are radio towers that are still in operation. So mm-hmm. every so often you'll get a distress beacon. There's like the one radio radio DJ, Three Dog. He's still on the air, and like he's the <laughs> only one who's just like kind of doing his radio show. And so every so often you'll kind of like y- you would be able to walk around and like hear 
whisperings of where you're at as you're walking through this world. Neat. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if it necessitates an antagonist or if it's enough to have it like an open-ended journey sort of story. I think an open-ended journey works pretty well. Because as much as I loved Aku, I don't know how necessary he was to Samurai Jack. It sounds like the setting itself is hostile enough where you don't need somebody actively trying to make your day worse. I think so. I think so. Because that makes you feel complacent when you get to a good spot right before we yank it out from under you. In um in other in another Gendy Hartakovsky thing called uh just yanking until my arms were numb. Um, if in another Gendy Tartakovsky uh thing, uh Primal, another one of his works, um, there isn't really a chief antagonist. It's just the world is harsh and terrible, mm-hmm. and you just got to deal. Yeah, I'm wondering well, what speak- the soundtrack would be like. Well, you said, like, the 50s uh, music. Oh, that's true. There would be a lot of 50s music and then just, like, very ambient, nature-reclaiming-civilization kind of sounds. Like, a lot of... Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking a lot of bullfrogs and tumbleweeds. Or you could do you could do it like the Watchmen sort of thing where you play, like, a classic song that doesn't seem sad and then you just murder a bunch of people over it. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, cool. Well, speaking of the 50s... Um, here's one that deals with the B-movie aspects of the 50s, which is Secret of Evermore. Oh, that's a fun one. Yeah, so this game is, um, you know, an action RPG from the SNES era, um, where you are a kid jumping into this, like, dimension-hopping machine by a mad scientist, and you have, like, the cheesiest dialogue you've ever heard, and you have a dog. So the way I'm envisioning this is... It's like Doctor Who, but the thing that changes form is the dog. It happens every episode, and <laughs> and he finds himself. Oh, it's this new place. Let's you know, let's find the person who was a real person that the mad scientist you know tricked into this world. We'll meet up with them, and then we'll find our way to the next. Almost like a sliders kind of thing. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, the aspect from the game that I think would be really interesting, which is that the kid fights pe- th- people with uh, alchemy. He just, like, rubs things together, and the laws of whatever universe he's in allows it to be magic. Yeah, that is very Sliders kind of kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... Okay. Hey, we made some quantum bullshit. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Um, yeah, that's that's very cool. Uh, I, I like the B-movie horror kind of attitude about it. So like The each, dialogue writes itself. It's Well, dialogue in that game is amazing. Uh, so I'm wondering what you would do... Okay, so, so like... What would be the main protagonist look? Would he be like a Bart Simpson type? Yeah, you know, I, I think he would be like an honest G. Willikers type, and then have the world slowly like wear down on him, kind of like uh, what they did to Johnny Quest in Venture Brothers. Oh. Uh, or you, could, or you can keep it happy. You know, make it make him flapjack. Like <laughs> he doesn't need to get worn down by the world. We tend to go dark. I want but... him to be a little bit older than that. Hmm. Um. You know, I, I think that, like, someone like Like a, a teen, like Archie? No, I'm thinking, <laughs> like, like, like... Like Archie fell off the bus and now he's in the I, Badlands? I was thinking, like, a Dipper Pines, but, like, more... Le- less sarcastic. Mm-hmm. You know, just so, someone I, with a lot of, like, I- interest in the world around him who's, like, pretty hyped to, to go exploring and stuff. I was thinking, like, a Marty McFly type. And, I was you know, thinking also Marty McFly, but that makes me think of the Mar- Marty McFly animated no, series. No, no, no. It never happened. Never Ignore happened. It. Didn't happen. 
but it would have that aspect of like, oh, hey, this is kind of like Roman gladiatorial arenas. It's not because this is a different universe dreamt up by the mad scientist and it's an all an illusion after all. Oh, but... like Otto, uh, Otto, uh, Otto von, von Bismarck, Otto Octavius, uh, the, the, the kid from Time Squad. Otto. Yeah. I, I can't, <laughs> Otto, no Os, last name Osgood. given. <laughs> I think it's like Osworth or something. Yeah, Otto Osworth. Yeah, it's like Time Squad, but with a dog. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Can we, <laughs> yeah, can, I'm on board. Can, I'm we on name, board. can we name him Buck Tut Russell? Well, it's a different dog each time. That's why I think animated will work better than live action, so you don't have to keep training all those lassies. <laughs> yeah, poor lassies. But they would be very, like, a good five minutes is just, like, close-ups on this luxurious dog. So sell me on the pilot. Uh, obviously, he goes into an abandoned movie theater. Otto goes, like, uh, was like all right, time to, time to zone out to 12 hours of B-movie horror reels. Uh, and then, like, as, as as Captain John Masters in Return from the Lagoon of No Color uh, would say, <laughs> "We got into this. We'll sure get out of it." <laughs> That's exactly the dialogue from Secret of Everport. <laughs> Every single right? time. And then 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 there's some stuff that happens, and he gets sucked into a different world. Uh, but the pilot is where? Where do we want to put him? Uh, Podunk, you know, Podunk, USA. Like the, I, I think the plot of the game holds up pretty well. Actually. But that's only just, like four episodes. Well, you got to iterate. You, you got to keep going. Do, do we have character development? Do we have growth, or is it just like, um, is it just Time Squad? I I think the Time Squad aspect, where, like you want to be able to watch these out of order, but maybe maybe there can be something overarching. Maybe like, oh, you know, recurring characters. continuity, like, but without growth. I think is what you're saying. Sure, sure. Like like a King of the Hill. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm sold on that. Yeah, the, uh, it, it's pretty simple because it's it's pretty one-to-one. It's just there was a lot of walking around and bartering with traders and finding femurs in that game in between the good dialogue. That That is true. Do you want eat, Do you want him to be kind of like a savior figure where he like goes to a new place and they have some outdated notion of how the world is supposed to be and he, an idiocracy protagonist, just happens to be from a place where he knows better so he's able to solve their problems like white man burden style? What do you yeah, think? I was going to say it's a little white man's burden for me. <laughs> I think, you know, if he was somebody who had like Oh, you know, I, I'm I'm the head of my you know engineering team at the high school. Like, maybe you could do it, or like a Doctor Stone kind of thing. But I I think I like him more as dopey and guileless, and like he's just it's it's more of like a humanities kind of thing of Doctor Stone, where he's like, hey, you know, we've actually found new forms of of ways of interacting with people and new philosophies that don't include whatever. Oh, sweet! Thing he you're he doing. teaches two tribal like leaders to rap battle to solve their differences. Again, I don't like that. Why not? <laughs> I mean, like, uh, granted, that's like a, yeah, some. It, all right, so some <laughs> British folk. How about some like boring like aristocrats from Britain to rap battles? Yeah, yeah. I just want rap ba- epic rap battles of history, Zane. I, I I feel like he should be more of like just barely skating by on the skin of his teeth, though. You know, because like in the game, he survives because his dog is fiercely protective, and because he like, oh uh, oh good, I I found. Uh, this ash from this fire that burnt away and now I can cast this fireball spell and just like he's not he's not winning he's just getting out of dodge he's surviving he finds the person that he needs to and then they leave I do like the idea that he like is just seen as this person is other they are confusing let's just run them out of town pretty much no matter where he goes but I like the idea that it's kind of always his fault for stepping in it 
Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, he goes into a, a bigoted town that believes some nonsense and like they have a law. Like, if you were born on a Tuesday, we have to kill you. I can't uh, believe you wiped your ass with our Constitution. <laughs> okay. And and he's like, why are you doing it? Because he, he doesn't learn. He's too good natured. But like the kids of that village realize, you know, and they'll grow. And, you know, it's more of like a hopeful, you know. Here's looking at you, kid. And then like the rest the is kind of off, off the screen. I sort of like the idea that he doesn't resolve the society, but he, like, finds other outcasts of the society and just sort of, like, makes friends in the, you know, this place. It could almost be, like, a commentary on, yeah. on you know, following the way your culture, you know, presents to you. He's he's planting seeds. Well, I, I don't even need... He, it wouldn't even need to be him planting seeds of rebellion. It would just be kind of like walking through a place where the rules are different and sometimes cruel and meeting the people, meeting friends in the shadow of that uh, of those rules. So he would find, you know, people whom, you know, people who were born on Tuesday are, 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 are immoral and then he would, like, find a camp of Tuesday dwellers under, under a rock somewhere and he would, like, kind of sympathize with them. You've invented Samurai Jack again. Did I, did I invent Samurai Jack again, <laughs> it seems? Okay, yeah, I, I don't think that, that you don't want... I, I don't want to overdevelop this idea. I think that the context and uh, the dialogue, especially, and, like, the shifting dog are, are good things that would carry however you want to take this show. I just think it would be cool for, like, an outsider to... Like, it would be cool for, like, an outsider to come into a town and everybody tell him that he's wrong, but somebody in the town is like, oh... There's actually somebody else like me. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, what I mean by planting the seeds. Oh, okay, yeah, that, just that giving works them a sense that they're okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. All right, Zane, I've done it. You've done it now. I'm giving is you this your samurai jacket. Again? Nope, I'm giving you your <laughs> harem anime. <laughs> I'm giving you your harem anime, and it is Stardew Valley. Okay. <laughs> so Stardew Valley um, is a indie game that is basically Harvest Moon, which is a you know farming simulator uh, slash you know. So y- it basically runs on a schedule. You walk around kind of doing just maintaining a farm, maintaining relationships with the people in town, uncovering secrets about the town, and just generally like you know um, trying to better your standing each day so that you can do a better job the next day it's very like build yourself up from the you know build yourself up by your bootstraps kind of empowering sort of stuff but you also meet a colorful cast of characters in the surrounding town um, as well as some weird wandering forest spirits who kind of help you on your way and I'm thinking harem anime is the way to go listen I'm certain on I'm certainly on board especially you know if this is a particularly juicy harem it, it uh, but, is. It's got dudes and girls. But if we're doing a cartoon, what advantage does this have over the one that's much more cartoony, which is Animal Crossing? Well, uh, what I like about this is that I think that the characters are more textured than in Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing is a fine game, but it is a little in the shallow end of the character development, like the character depth pool. You know, um, mm-hmm. like I, I, I like uh, they, they have catchphrases and that's it. That, that that's more or less what I what I get from them. This is a pelican who happens to wander. Um, that's about all I got from him. <laughs> that's that's like well, his name is Gulliver. You see. like fine, um, <laughs> you know, like a seagull, but also like Gulliver's travels. I, I yeah, and like that's just not as much of a character. Do you as like? I do want. you get the, how that's a double meaning though? But like you got <laughs> Abigail, who is like this cool goth girl, who's like still kind of girly at heart. You've got like this Fabio esque character who's like a writer down by the beach. 
like there's just like more to each of the, you got this there's like this family with like these these two sons and like the dad comes back from war like there's like a there's like a homeless guy who like you're the first person to talk to him in ages there's like a lot going on Ooh, there's there's a polygamy mod <laughs> i'm sure there is all right um but yeah like i i think that like and, and you know just speaking about like harem anime the one thing that like kind of always gets my goat about harem anime like a lot of them do like there's a lot of things about them that get my goat but i think we're ready for a for a for a you know that like a like a like a harem anime that promotes bi visibility yeah 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 uh pansexual polygamy farming harem <laughs> yeah more or less yeah i see no problem with this <laughs> yeah uh, i'm sure that uh you know all of the standard uh, uh you know anime companies that handle harems harem animes will uh do a very very good uh, <laughs> yeah what's get, the word i'm looking for do a very respectful take on this get all of our foley artists who did boob sounds out of retirement we need a bunch of dicks swinging through air noises <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Gynax, of course. Gynax, get over here. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's got to be Gynax. Um, and I, I, I think that there's like, dude, harem anime wants to not have to deal with like intergalactic, like space tyranny stuff. Like it just wants to hang out in the hot springs. You can yeah, do so that. This is now. an intergalactic kegger. This is an intergalactic <laughs> kegger. <It's, laughs> but yeah, this is just the, the harem anime where you get to harem. I, I like it. There's dances all the time. There's, you know, a bunch of characters who, like, are... are they, They've got, like, good kind of dynamics between each other because they're well-realized well, uh, well characters. You know, in, in the base game, if you don't marry up one of them, they marry someone else. So there's oh. already... There are already, like, there's relationships already. Ex- established and, and rivals. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, so um, there is... There's actually a really good anime that I would recommend that came out recently. Um, let me look up the exact name. If you if you say Shokugeki no Soma again, I swear to God. <laughs> no, 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 we're not. Uh, my Next Life as a Villainous. Um, Is that actually good? It looked like trash. It looked like uh, goes under the banner of trash anime because it had my life in the title. So I'm like, oh, God, it's Isekai again. How do I Oh, ma- okay, how am I yeah, they... Do? They have a colon in the title. I know how this is. Yeah, I know exactly um, what we're doing here. It's it's two full sentences as a as a TV show title. No, it's actually really good. Like it's a short, self-contained, like very well done harem anime where the main character, like you know, yes, it's an isekai. She goes into the video game and uh, she she knows that if she messes up, she will be like murdered or exiled. So she has to be on good terms with everyone. And accidentally, like everyone falls in love with her. It's actually very good. I'll, I'll check it out. It sounds like some real Zane bait. But uh, yeah, oh. <laughs> we'll see. All right. So speaking of Zane Bait, tell me more about this farming. Are we going to rope the farming into this game or is it just going to be the harem? First of all, is there a better excuse to take your shirt off and sweat a lot than farming? Oh, you're, this is going to be like the end of Call Me Maybe kind of situation. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just I think that there's a lot of look harem anime always lives and dies on how well can it execute on its excuses to get everybody into a hot spring the, the explanation is built into the story mm-hmm. you know i was like oh it's like a it's a big harvest day we got to get all this hay out onto the fields and like dude there's you know you can have Oh no she's allergic to it and then you get the pouty sneeze and then you know oh no i have to apologize with some and there's those two burly you know. dudes who clearly just want to 
go have oral sex in a gym somewhere and they're right. just flexing at each other for the entire thing. It's like, you can't lift three, ba- three bales. Well, you can't lift four <laughs> bales. <laughs> you know, they, they definitely and, have like a flex and blows their clothes off their body moment. And a half dozen of them are all lined up fishing and like, you know, the size of the fish is representing the size. Oh, of yes, their... absolutely. Um, also, so I, I haven't actually played the game, but uh, Chrissy's a big fan of it. And I overhear like contextless things that happen in it. So I understand that there's like a drug trip wizard event that happens. I, I did... Is that kind of nonsense going to go in? <laughs> I think you have to. Like if you want to get like the psychedelic uh, episode, you, you want to get the mushroom samba episode in there. You're, you're going to have to do that in some capacity. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I didn't realize. You, oh, I confessed my love and I forgot about it. And yeah, they, you know, it's a good they way don't know to if retcon. I meant it or not. It's a good way to retcon some stuff. I mean, you also have like you're doing physical labor there's a lot of ways for a person to fall down a hole and like have like a little impromptu seven minutes of heaven kind of thing maybe they get hit with a tree branch and they have amnesia from the previous day so they don't remember the things that they said that were told to them like how how do you you keep it from becoming friends where you know everybody's been with everybody else and now it's just kind of weird that they're still all hanging out together then it's just a um third season future man situation (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) everybody has had everybody at this point there's nowhere else to go it's not even a thing they just do it to prep for battle (laughs) well i'm interested that's an interesting question because that's a thing that harem animate like they generally have some sort of plot that they're following but maybe this can be a little bit exploratory, like not trying to have a plot. What or, if you had a series of plot. like three episode arcs? Like you have a you have the first couple episodes just to ground the, the the basics and meet everyone, and then you have a series of like three episode arcs, and each one of them is a what if I went with that one? Hmm. Like, what would my life be like? Or what if I tried to court them? Just like these three episodes are what the show would be if. The whole show was them falling in love with this person. And then the next one is a different person. It's a bit hard to enter. Oh, it, you, 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 like the, like, cross, you like the, the plot lines crossing over and falling over each other, I think. I do. I do. I think that would be good. And, and it doesn't need to go on forever. No, it can be like a two season thing. Two seasons. And then if it gets like uh, an extension, they can be like, the wizard set everybody back to square one and only and like three of you remember it. So I, think, we... I think you're, yeah, I think there, there could be like a first season that is just like everyone kind of meeting and, and exploring the village and maybe they uncover it. Like they, so, there's someone, some whisperings of a great treasure in the mountains and then they're just like a bunch of people going into the mountains and like supporting them from the town. Oh, yeah. Like there's ways to create missions in the and context then... of this world. And then the show gets canceled, you know, before it ends and the fans get mad. So they make a movie, but it's just hentai. <laughs> it's just, just straight up hentai. <laughs> but the second season could be like, um, could be like something from your past. You used to be a businessman and you settled down on a farm. Maybe like some. Oh, yeah, that aspect. Maybe some, maybe like your sexy coworkers come by and like try to get you to rejoin old society and your new, your new squeezes have to kind of like coax you to stay. That kind of yeah, thing. yeah, like when you leave prison. <laughs> exactly. Go commit some more crimes. I can't live without you. That's how it works, right? <laughs> I actually really like this one. I feel like this could be done well. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I mean, you have a propensity for harem anime. It's going to be real horny, Ben. <laughs> well, yeah, it has to be. Again, I'm telling you, like, everybody has every reason to just wear a swimsuit all summer. <laughs> There's no reason also, not to. Uh, we need to destroy winter so that we can have more summer. No, <laughs> oh, no, no. Winter, abs- abs- winter is snow bunny season. It is snow bunny season. It's also like I 
was playing too long outside and now I have a cold and I need to, and I'm and I'm burning up. Oh God, I you know, I passed out in the snow, my clothes are all wet. Well, normally I wouldn't d- disrobe them without their permission, but it's a matter of health. It's a matter of, you know, the, yeah. the health consequences. They're going to get sick. I don't want to do it. I'm not oh, actually oh, you're touching their body, so it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is this is for medicine. This is first aid. Uh, you're looking, harem, you're watching sexy first anime. aid happening now. <laughs> oh, no, you know, we're going skating. Oh, you don't know how to ice skate? I'll teach you. And then, oh, you're teaching them to ice skate i thought you were gonna teach me to ice skate like honestly it writes itself it's so good you're welcome great yeah all right my last pick uh i think it would be good to do um you know one of the most famous series in all of video game dumb final fantasy Mm. because we talked about final fantasy 7 and those cutscenes and how that adaptations right uh so which Final Fantasy? I would argue Final Fantasy VI is the one that you want to go with. Okay. Um, we have talked a little bit about like a Game of Thrones-esque thing. I think you could do that here um, with the obvious caveat that the villain is basically the Joker. Hmm. How much do you remember from Final Fantasy VI? I remember enough of it. I'm just trying to imagine the style of it. What, what I'm thinking of is like everyone kind of looks like they've got like soft portrait faces from final fantasy tactics i'm trying to think of like a very soft animation to to frame them as well so i so i'm thinking in terms of like you got a big cast of characters you see like you know two or three of them go off on missions at a time um you know there's this big sense of progression you know as you get the land rover and the airship and that kind of thing uh the villains just keeps getting more and more uh, uh you know clearly evil and there's an easy, like, season one, season two cut with the world of balance and the world of ruin. That's true. I think that I think that it would just be a very good, like, classic ragtag band of heroes has to stop the big guy. I could see that. Um, I'm almost seeing it as, like, a Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood kind of situation mm. where, like, there is a wide world that we need to explore one piece at a time as we are trying to uncover the secrets of how this world works. And yeah. on the way, you encounter more allies who used to be villains. Um, you everyone's dealing with their own personal suffering arc. There's there's many different like the 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 magic is all coming from the same place. You know the eidolons, uh, but it expresses itself in different ways for different people. Like yeah. you know the Armstrong technique is very different from the Mustang technique, that kind of thing. So like it would it would behoove you if you wanted to go that kind of high fantasy route for it, if you wanted it to be more of a magic heavy kind of uh, plot line, which I think I think fits with the Magicite stuff. I don't know how you feel about that though. Yeah, I mean, I I think that the Magicite and like so one of the ways in the game that uh, you know you you progress is you get these uh, access to these espers, which are like you know your classic Final Fantasy Ifrit, Shiva, Ramo, that sort of thing, um, and they give you powers, but you they also give you like stat ups. So I like the idea of like, oh, I found this crystal imbued with this god, and I'm using it to make me powerful, but it's affecting my personality. Like I think there's a lot of really good growth. Uh, yeah. kind of storytelling you could do there. You could have some JoJo stand kind of stuff if you went with that yeah. as well. Everybody's got a completely different fighting style. So do you um, see this as kind of like a um as kind of like a like a mystery with with uh with battle anime elements to it like um like Full Metal Alchemist or did you want it as less of a Japanese kind of trend? 
You know, I think just because Final Fantasy has a lot of the the Japanese style tropes, I think a JoJo's or a Full Metal Alchemist is is a good proxy for the structure of it. I think that there are characters in FF6 who could carry a JoJo's style presentation mm-hmm. of something. Like I don't know if you could go full silliness on it, but like Kefka is definitely a JoJo's villain. Kefka, uh, the guy who like fights by throwing playing cards, the guy, the girl who fights by painting. Like yeah, that's... <laughs> these are these are all these are all JoJo's characters. That's true. This is this is fine. The the ninja who's so got like a good dog. It? How silly is it then? Like, do we want it extremely silly? I'm I'm fine with the tone kind of shifting, and and you can go in either direction. You know, JoJo's is at times funny and sometimes very serious and dark. Well, it's dark and silly all the time, kind of. You know, I think it, I think a lot of it depends on what characters you're following around, and that's why I like the idea of like. This mission requires three or four of them. Let's send off the guy who reminds you of Kuwabara, the guy who reminds you of Spike's, you know, Spike Spiegel. And like, do you want to have the full airship complement of people doing this? Or do you want it to have kind of like the core four fighters kind of deal like in Yu Yu Hakusho? Because like it, it, if you want to really explore each ones, you're going to need a Stardust Crusaders kind of uh, yeah. confederacy of just like this tight five that we iterate on um do, do we want more like that or do we want more of a justice league unlimited where each mission carries something else in final fantasy 6 it starts off like the game is split into two main halves and it starts off like the core four and then we build up a larger cast and then once the big cataclysm hits part two we start off with a different core four more or less and we rebuild from there so i i, I think both work well, which would you prefer would you prefer just watching, you know, um, uh, <laughs> Cyan, Gao, uh, <laughs> you know. It's hard to remember. It's been a long time, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm just, I'm trying to think of like who, I think, I think I want to follow Edgar. Yeah. Well, Edgar and Savin are kind of like Full Metal Alchemist kind of brothers yeah, they're already. They're already Full Metal Alchemist, Mr. and Mrs. Full Metal. <laughs> Mr. Full Metal. Madam Alchemist. <laughs> Madam Alchemist. Ma- Madam Armor. Um, yeah, I, I, I like them as a as a core group. Yeah. So who's your core group then? Just the two, or do we want to get well, I think into the mix? The or... two, uh, the two are good. I think you know Terra is Terra's not that the... interesting after a fashion. Like the mysterious past doesn't work as well when the world like. You need, I would rather I have you, them I interact really, with the world I, I, more than... If you wanted to go full JoJo's, you don't need any women in your core cast, but I would like at least one. I think Sela's is is the one to do it. I think that she could be like a brawny fighter chick that, uh, yeah, well, you know, I think you could sell that. She's Yeah, she she can take on any... She I can take down any man, but I can't fight my own personal demons. Like, <laughs> I can take like down any man. That's good. Um, and Locke, of course, is just like a charming rogue. He is. I almost want him to be part of the supporting cast. Yeah. Or, or like the greasy person who is benefiting from the plague. Uh, but like, is like, listen, I don't like Kefka either, but a guy's got to eat. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, <laughs> a I guy want being to be... me, I specifically have to eat. I'm very hungry. <laughs> <laughs> there was a famine, you know. I like him. Ultros like... comes up every few episodes and does a comic relief sketch. Yeah, why? Well, I, I the, it's just, there is a lot of melodrama and aspects to that world in that game, and it's so long that I feel like there's just so many good ways that you can uh, put in stuff that the fans would love. I think that's true. I think that's true. I, I don't know exactly how it would break down. I would need, I think this is one of those that I would need to see many different drafts and I'd be like that one. Yeah, but yeah. like it, <laughs> one cohesive vision of it is not coming to me at the moment. 
Yeah, I would have to have like, all right, four people do your best to make a pilot. Yeah. All right. Well, we've been pretty heavy on the anime. Um, yeah, but I was trying to get away from pick? that, but the, yeah, you know, you did kind of lean us back into that direction. I wrote these ahead of time. I, I don't know. <laughs> I I was going to do Cuphead, but uh, it turns out they actually are making a cartoon of Cuphead. <laughs> That's funny. That's just going to be SpongeBob. I think it should be like a Popeye battle tournament. But mm. all right, man, I'm doing it. <laughs> You're scaring me. <laughs> you should be scared. This is uh this is an, an unholy concoction that I have created. Dark Souls as realized through the lens of Teen Titans Go. <laughs> <laughs> where, yeah, where they're just like lampshading themselves in a chibi style. <laughs> chibi Sigmire. Ben, you've made Ruby again. <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, I'm trying to think of, like, we've already done so many things that are, like, darkly toned or, like, fight to save the day kind of stuff. And I want some, I want to, Dark Souls is easily the hardest thing to turn into an anime or, like, to a TV show. That's why I wanted to do it. But, like, that's that's why I thought of, like, how do we do it? And the answer is you have to defang it entirely. Mm -hmm. You have to take all the darkness out. It's not enough to just go halfway with it. Like, Teen Titans as a comic... When they made it uh, into an into a cartoon, it was still kind of dark. When they turned that into Teen Titans Go, they just like they had dark side, but it didn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah, this guy is a tall block thing. Let's have a tight five on that. That's it. Yeah, like like so. I want to see what you could like. This is the challenge mode of this episode: is how do we take Dark Souls and the lore that is in it and turn it into a joke? How do we turn it into a meme? Okay. We start on the chosen undead in and, his... and just to just to get it out of the way, Dark Souls uh, from software uh, action, you know, our action adventure RPG kind of thing. You you've been around in the past decade, you know, Dark Souls. One, one hopes, but it is an incredibly darkly toned game. You are an undead, and you die a lot, and you eventually go insane, as does everybody else until they die. It's it's so hard because like the lore is only good when because it's not spelled out. Yep. And because you experience it by reading and like taking in the immersion. And the themes only work if you're the one controlling it. <laughs> but but I I mean like the, 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 you abandon all, right. all that. You abandon you, the theme. You like Teen Titans abandon all of the theming and the character, you know, character good character development when they made Teen Titans go. I want to see us do that with i want to see us yeah, yeah, yeah. nakedly strip away anything of meaning from dark he, souls and just relentlessly market it as a as a dumb so goofy one cartoon. of the core tenets of dark souls in the games is uh you can die and then you go back to a bonfire you you are undead so you can't quite die now what's another property where they can't quite die that's right groundhog day <laughs> i want <laughs> i want a wisecracking garfield-esque character <laughs> like okay skeletons i got my mace i know how they're gonna move i got stab okay this time like just kind of iterating let me let me let me do you one better it's ornstein and smo but they're like a kind of like buddy kind of situation like buddy buddy Mm -hmm. like dopey friends on a mission kind of situation like batman piterman yeah yeah so like neither of them are competent they do have some amount of clout and wherewithal, but just by being too dumb to die. Like, they're just wandering throughout Lordran, you know, 
you know, just trying to have a Adventure Time-esque adventure and encountering just weirdness in the rest of the world. Like, they go down to Pinwheel, and he is like a like a Tony Shalhoub used mask salesman. <laughs> You know, <laughs> they they go to the I, they go to the bed of chaos, and it's just like this gigantic pulsating bug thing, and they try to talk to it, and it just continues to pulsate. And wait, I, it's, I like having the bosses just be leave. the main character because that makes it like, oh, we don't have to fight anything; we just have to walk around here and like, yeah, no, one's, oh, no one's you've got them. a you've got a deep lore going on here. That's that's weird. And <laughs> that's... They, of course, they like have a Solaire who like is a emaciated little kid kind of flapjack with like a little willow switch who's this like i'm gonna be the chosen undead and like trying to like you know every every episode he like goes to try to fight something and just brutally murdered and then you see him run across the screen again and like ernstein smo start like taking bets like okay this time he gets beheaded i'm telling you (laughs) it could be a little self-aware like that I, i think it would be also good if they were just like dopey dopey kids in a in a museum after dark like they're just like riding all the all the attractions they're just like you know picking out at the uh, you know at the um they're they're picking out at the like the Anne Rolando trough um yeah. at the feeding trough i okay uh, this might not be exactly what you're going for but now i'm kind of imagining like bugs bunny playing his tricks on everybody in dark souls I, I'm I'm really ima- no I'm imagining that Ornstein like and Snow are just idiot goobers walking around. Like, I, go- two, I, two stupid dogs. Two stupid but dogs. Of the street corner. And, yeah, it is Lordran in Orlando. Edition. That's exactly it. It's two stupid dogs. Lordran edition. Yeah. Oh. Oh. You know. Oh. I've got this. I'm gonna cast the spell. I'm gonna get immortality. They're like, hey, be careful with that. Just crashes the vase onto the floor. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like. Like. Uh, you know, I, I think that I think that their personalities could come through as well. Like we could make some good defined personalities of like a of Smo being kind of the Ed one, like the Ed boy oh, of yeah. the group, um, and uh, Ornstein kind of being like the slightly more skeptical, but is not that hard to get to go along with your plans kind yeah, of guy. He's excitable too. Yeah, and and they just kind of feed off each other. They just they react to each other and 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 prop yeah. each other up. And you have just, all the like, locations. Just like a lot of positive energy. You have the locations of all of the series. You can, you know, you can change the drama meter. You can slide that scale around to suit the overall joke that you're going for. Um, I like the idea of them constantly, like, um, riding Sif everywhere, who has, like, one of those derp... It's just a big corgi with a, like, a... Yes. Like, with a, like with a spoon <laughs> with in a his stick mouth. in his mouth. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then... Um, See, I, I like this. I think if you were to do a straighter putt, Bloodborne would be a better um, would be a better one. I think that like the Lovecraftian horror angle has not been very thoroughly explored in TV. Perhaps not. Uh, this is just the uh, first but, thing that came to mind. But this like goofball Dark Souls as like an onboarding process for people who are <laughs> like, what is everybody all up in arms about this? And then they watch it and they're like, wait, what? <laughs> it's like if you didn't know that Teen Titans oh, existed this. before you watched Teen Titans Go. Exactly. <laughs> this so, feels yeah. like more of a cruel trick on focus groups than anything else, but I'm kind of into it. So you want more Dark Souls, do you? <laughs> I'll show <laughs> oh, you more Dark Souls. I'll <laughs> give you so much Dark Souls, you'll go mad. Vadi Vidya does a video like, what can we say about... <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, man. I like it. <laughs> no, it's, it's fun. <laughs> it's just a little bit of fun. It is fun. This has been fun overall. This, is, this has been an interesting uh, idea of how we can turn video games into cartoons we have not even like 
slightly scratch the surface of the entire space of what could be done. <laughs> I made a harem anime. I'm 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 set. I, I'm, I think I'm we made two, right? I, I, like one was accidental. <laughs> <laughs> one was deeply on purpose. I, well, I tried to make a battle anime, and you per, and you just kept on insisting it was a harem anime because it was that's what every battle anime sexual. is. <laughs> but yeah, uh, if you guys like this, let us know. Um, this was a nice break for me. But uh, next time, we are going back to... Uh, we don't have to regular... do it next time, I don't think. It's an oh, show. then we won't. But if you want to give us some commentary on whether or not you like this kind of uh, presentation, this sort of format, and you want to hear us imagine what other cartoons might be like in the realm of... Uh, in some other media being transformed into it, go ahead and mm-hmm. go to our Facebook page or fancybat.com slash cartoncast. If you want to check out the other shows on the network, go to fancybat.com. You can leave us a... Uh, you can leave us a message uh, at fancybat.com slash contact if you want to tell us uh, what you thought about it and if you want to suggest a show, anything like that. We really would love to hear from you. And more than anything else, tell your friends about the show. I, I can't tell you how much I want a Smash Bros. Avengers-style universe. That you, you didn't you didn't bring it up, man. I was thinking Subspace Emissary as like a way to kind of get But they already did it. <laughs> hey, man, you're going to have to wait until six years from now when we do another one of these. Yeah, yeah. There's there's just a lot of there's there's a lot of things I want to see interact on a TV screen because I don't know how to code or steal assets. <laughs> All we can do is talk about it and say, "Hey, we want." I yeah, <laughs> not that we're entitled millennials. It's just you know, it's just you just made like all... I want things that uh, I don't currently have, and if I can, you made just... all this content. Yeah. It, it'd be a shame if you didn't give me a little more for it'd free. Be a shame if you didn't use more. If you didn't give us more content for free. What what game would be a good like Godfather esque anime? <laughs> that's not a, that's not an anime. Eh? I hate to tell you, <laughs> it's, it's an actual movie. It's a real ass movie. That's a film house yeah. movie. There, they, they they make those. They made those. They still make those now. 